So last week we ended off in chapter 21. We see Paul is arrested by the Roman official, the tribune, and uh, he was taken away. The arrest actually protected Paul from the violent crowd of religious Jews that were actually beating him and wanted to ultimately kill him. So at the end of chapter 21, Paul asked the Roman official if he could address the crowd that was delivering him up to be killed. So the official thought Paul was an Egyptian guy that actually had been starting trouble, a revolt in the region. So here's what happens. So it says this. Paul replied, he says, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. Now, this is important because not only was Paul a Jew, he was actually a Roman citizen. And because of this, he had the rights of a Roman citizen. So we're going to see this come into play later on, how important it is that Paul is a Roman citizen and actually saves him at, this, at some point from physical harm. So the Roman official granted Paul permission to address the crowd. And that's where we're going to pick up. It says this. And when he had given him permission, Paul, standing on the steps, motioned his hand to the people. And when there was a great hush, he addressed them in the Hebrew language, saying, Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. So now here in chapter 22, Paul is going to share with the crowd of religious Jewish people his testimony, or in other words, how he came to trust in Jesus. Remember, Paul was a Jewish man who trusted in Jesus and then went out and preached the gospel to the Gentiles. So now he's back in Jerusalem. The Jewish, the religious Jewish people there are furious with him. They think that he's doing damage to God's work by telling people about Jesus. So essentially, he retells what happened to him in Acts chapter 9. So now you might remember months and months ago when we studied through Acts chapter 9, how Paul came to be a Christian, how the Lord showed up when Paul was on the road to Damascus. So today what we're going to do is this. From Paul's testimony, he's recounting his testimony, what happened. We're going to learn how to share our personal testimony. See, a testimony is normally of how you trusted in Jesus, how you came to the conclusion that Jesus is your Savior. So now what happens is this. A testimony can be very powerful, and the way it can be very powerful in the way that we share the gospel with other people. The reason is this. People tend to listen when we share personal things about ourselves. People tend to listen when we share personal things about how God worked in our lives. So let's look at what Paul does when he shares how he came to Jesus. The first thing is this. Paul talks about his upbringing. He says this. I am a Jew born in Tarsus in Sicilia, but brought up in the city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God as all of you are this day. So here's what Paul does. He brings up, he's like, hey, listen, 
I was brought up as a religious Jew. In fact, my teacher was Gamaliel. Some of you might remember that name, Gamaliel. He was actually the, the religious Jewish leader that when the religious Jews started going against the way Christianity or followers of Jesus, he actually said, whoa, guys, let's put the brakes on this. Because if this is really from God, you're going to be fighting against God rather than fighting against men. We don't know anything about if Gamaliel became a Christian or not, but basically he was wise enough to realize, like, hey, listen, if this, the way, if this Jesus is of God or is he is who he says he is, we're going to be fighting against God. So he was that wise Jewish leader. So basically what Paul is saying here is I was trained up. I was trained up as a religious Jewish person. And basically, when he's talking to this crowd, they would identify with this. They would respect this. They would be like, okay, he, he was brought up similar to the way I was brought up. They identify. That's when you share your testimony, right? When you say something that maybe someone else identifies with, they're like, oh, you're a little more like me than I thought you were. Now, I'm not saying when you share about the Lord, you need to share everything about your upbringing. So it was November 21st, 1974. My mom went into the hospital and I was born, okay? So you don't have to share everything about your upbringing. But the thing is, what you want to do is you want to look for things in your upbringing that may establish some common ground and credibility with the person you're talking to, okay? You want to look for things maybe that are similar, Maybe it's something in the way that you grew up that caused you to ask questions. Maybe it was something that happened in your life that caused you to be angry with God. Maybe it was something in your childhood that had an lasting impact that caused you to think differently and seek the Lord. So when you're conversing with somebody about the Lord, you look for those commonalities, how you were brought up the things that you saw, the things that happened to you, the things that maybe you did. These are all things that give you some common ground with the people you're talking to. Paul here was like, hey guys, all you religious people that are delivering me up, that are beating me up and trying to kill me, I was brought up pretty much a lot like you. And in fact, he was actually brought up even probably stricter than many of them. But next, what Paul does is this. He talks about his sinful actions. He said, I persecuted this way. That's the followers of Jesus, Christianity, as we know it today. I, per I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering to prison both men and women as the high priest and the whole council of elders can bear me witness. From them, I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed towards Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. So now this is where we have, um, this is where we have Paul saying, like, this is what I did. Like, I was attacking Christians. I was attacking these people. I thought... I was doing the right thing by snuffing out the followers of the way. Now, this is where in our testimony, we have to be wise about what we share with other people. What Paul shared here was appropriate because he was sharing with them how he acted and how he treated the followers of Jesus. In other words, he was saying, based upon my religious upbringing, I felt that I was doing the right thing here. 
based upon what I've learned and my religious upbringing, I thought I was doing the right thing here, but I was actually doing the wrong thing. So now in this, what Paul is underlyingly communicating to them is this. I know you think that trying to kill me is the right thing. I know you think that trying to put me in jail is the right thing, and you think you're serving God. You're actually not. You're doing the wrong thing. So if you're talking to someone about the Lord and you know or find out some details, maybe they share some details about their life in which they're living, okay, if you know those things and maybe they're thinking like, okay, this is the purpose of life or this is how I live, um, you know, and you kind of sense what they're thinking or, or they share with you, these are opportunities for you to say, you know what? I thought like that. I was in the same boat as you. I felt that way as well. So you can use your personal testimony to help them understand what's going on in their life. For example, maybe part of your testimony, and this is probably part of a lot of your testimonies, is this. You thought you were good enough to get into heaven. You thought if there is a God and heaven is a real place, surely I am good enough to get into heaven. Because you looked around at your friends, family, neighbors, you're like, I'm better than them, better than them, better than them, okay? I'm not in jail, okay? So maybe you thought, I am good enough to get into heaven. But then you found out that in order to get into heaven, one would have to be perfect. You would have to be sinless. So then you came to the conclusion, okay, I... I kind of do sin, like I've lied a couple of times, like, you know, I took kids' crayons in school. Like, you know what I mean? You start to think about, like, all the little things that you might have done, or maybe it's a little worse than that, okay? You start to think about those things. So you came to the conclusion, I'm not good enough. So maybe you can share examples of why you believed you were good enough before you came to the conclusion that you realize you're not good enough. Maybe you had addiction issues and you came to the conclusion that you needed Jesus in your life to have victory because you tried to have victory, tried to have victory, nothing worked, nothing worked, nothing worked, and then you realized, I can't do this on my own. I need help from a higher power, and his name is Jesus. So basically what happens here is this. You share examples from your life that are common to maybe someone else's life. For them to come to the conclusion like, hey, yes, I am a sinner. Because remember, the first step of the gospel is what? Realizing we need a savior. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. Jesus is that savior who died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Jesus rose from the grave to prove that he is God. And the scriptures say this, all who believe in Jesus will have eternal life. The scriptures never say all who are good enough will have eternal life. All who believe will have eternal life. So whatever it was that you were doing in your life before Jesus, you may have an opportunity to use that to help and encourage someone else. As a side note, let me just tell you, you don't have to share everything with everyone. You don't. You don't have to share everything with everyone. Share what is appropriate for witnessing to that person. Hey, when I think of my testimony, I have so many different ways that I go into my testimony, so many different illustrations from my life. And now as a believer for so many years, I can look back and say, oh, you know what? 
I remember that, or I remember this, or this is my way of thinking, or this is what I was doing, and this is what was displeasing to God. So you formulate that. Which brings us to the next thing that Paul does, and he talks about the events that led to trusting in Jesus. So it goes, as I was on my way, he was on his way to Damascus, and he drew near to Damascus. About noon, a great light from heaven suddenly shone around me. And I fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me saw the light, but did not understand the voice of the one who was speaking to me. And I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, rise, go into Damascus, and there you will be told all that is appointed for you to do. And since I could not see because of the brightness of the light, I was led by the hand of those who were with me and came in to Damascus. So I'm not sure that there's anyone after the ascension of Jesus that had an experience like Paul. Okay, This was a very unique experience where Jesus showed up. And now Paul, obviously, we know is a very unique man, isn't he? Okay, 60% of the New Testament was inspired by the Holy Spirit and penned through Paul. Okay, the whole New Testament was inspired by the Holy Spirit. 60% of it was actually penned by Paul. He was a unique individual. So basically, he says about himself in 1 Corinthians 15, 8, he says, I was untimely born, meaning like not really anybody else has a testimony like Paul. But we all have a time or a period of time in our life when we finally trust in Jesus. If you are a believer, you have a time or period of time where you finally trusted in Jesus. Jesus made himself known to us, and we responded in faith. Jesus made himself known, we responded in faith. So the question for you is this. What were, what were the events or series of events that leaded you to trusting in Jesus? What were the events in the series of events that leaded you to trusting in Jesus? Did something go wrong in your life and you're like, man, this is going wrong and I don't know how to fix it. Okay, this is a guy thing, right? When guys like, we like to fix things. If something goes wrong, we like to fix things. But that at some point in your life, something goes wrong that you can't fix and you're so down and out that the only place to look is up and there's Jesus. Did something go wrong? Did something go right? Maybe you were blessed. And, you know, I know we live in America, so we just think we should be blessed. When things go right, we're like, that's right. Things should go right. When things go wrong, we're like, what? Are you kidding me? Things shouldn't go wrong. Okay. But maybe things have gone right for so long. You're like, man, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Instead of patting yourself on the back and thinking you're awesome, maybe you should look up and say, huh, there might be a God. There might be someone who's actually bestowing these blessings on me. Maybe I should try to figure out who that God is. Maybe you were struggling with something. Maybe you were blessed with something. Maybe it's something that you attended, whether it was a conference or church. Maybe you watched something or listened to something. Maybe you were driving down the road one day and you didn't like what was on the radio. It was that chicken fry song and you decided to change it. Okay, and basically you heard a Christian song and they were singing about Jesus or you heard a Christian speaker and they were talking about Jesus and you're like, huh, 
Interesting. But it might not only be the events, it might be the people. Think about the people. Who took time to talk to you? Who took time to help you? Who took time to share the message of Jesus with you? Who preached to you? Whatever it was, whatever it was, we all have events or series of events that are important. And when we share those things with people, people start to think about the events and the series of events in their life that brought them to the place. Let me just tell you, and I say this a lot, there's no accidents, there's no coincidences, okay? Basically what happens is, is God has his hand. You're here for a reason. The people around you are around you for a reason. God is working through those things. So when you're putting together your testimony, you can like kind of connect the dots. How did God work? How did God work? Now, the next part of Paul's testimony is not something that many people do include in their testimony because maybe you were taught or you feel, my testimony is just how I came to know the Lord, how I trusted in Christ. But your testimony can also be and should also be how you found out what Jesus wants you to do or what's going on in your life now how you're serving the Lord. So let's look and see what happens. Because it's his calling. It says this, And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. Now, if you remember, Ananias was actually called by the Lord to do this, and, and he didn't want to. He was like, Saul, the guy who's been killing all our friends, okay, the guy who's been arresting people. So the Lord communicated to Ananias. So when, uh, when, when Paul went to him, he was like, okay, now I'm going to tell you what's going on here. He says, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very hour, I received my sight and saw him. And he said, the God of our fathers appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one and to hear a voice from his mouth. For you will be a witness for him to everyone of what you have seen and heard. And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling his name. When I had returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple. I fell into a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get out of Jerusalem quickly, because they will not accept your testimony about me. And I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another I imprisoned and beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself, standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. And he said to me, Go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. Paul's calling was to witness to the Gentiles. So now you have a religious Jewish man who Jesus visits he winds up trusting in Jesus. And now the big part of his testimony, which he's sharing with these people is, yeah, I was here and I was told to go. I was told to go and be the witness to the Gentiles. Now we studied 21 chapters of the book of Acts, three missionary journeys. I guess we get the picture, right? Paul was the missionary to the Gentiles because at that time the Jewish people thought, you know what? God's plan is only for God's people, and we're Jewish people, and Gentiles are dogs, okay? God sent Paul out to witness the Gentiles. Incidentally, worked pretty well for us, right? Okay? Because that's us. 
So Paul, in his testimony, is a missionary to the Gentiles. Now think about this. Maybe for you as a believer, you feel your testimony is a little boring. Because you weren't like this crazy, horrible sinner. You know, sometimes you'll hear these testimonies. People are doing all these crazy things. You're like, wow, what a powerful testimony. Maybe you had the amazing benefit of being raised in the church by loving Christian parents. You attended Sunday school. You attended youth group. You were at church pretty much all the time. And you actually have a hard time remembering the exact moment when you trusted in Jesus. Anybody have a testimony like that? You know what? Praise God for that testimony, okay? You have a boring testimony, and that's a good thing, okay? Here's the thing. You can't pinpoint when you trusted in Jesus because you were brought up in the faith. And you know it sometimes because you know. You're like, I believe. I totally believe. I am a Christian. Maybe part of your testimony is this, what your calling is, how God is using you now. How God pushed you, in a sense, to serve in certain ministries. Or what you're doing in your life, whether it's school or work or your family. How God has called you to do certain things. So we use those things in our testimony, right? We tell people, like, hey, you know what? Like, I can't pinpoint the exact time. I know I'm a Christian. I can't pinpoint the exact time. But you know what? God called me into serving in a certain ministry, I'm using my talents to serve the Lord. I'm being a light in places that maybe other people can't be a light in. Basically, God has blessed you with opportunities. So whatever you feel your calling is as a believer, whatever you feel that is, that's part of your testimony. Like Paul. The reason why Paul shared this is he's like, yeah, you guys are wondering why I left. This is why. Jesus told me to leave. And now I'm back. Because God was working through me. Well, that's the same thing with you. So here's what I want to do. In summary, right? Sharing your testimony. Upbringing, sinful actions, events that led to trusting in Jesus, and your calling. These are things that you include in your testimony. So as I was thinking and praying about this, and I knew I was getting to this passage, I said, you know what? What a great opportunity to challenge all of you. To challenge all of you to actually write down your testimony. Type up your testimony. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to type it up. I want you to, if you dare, email it to me, okay? And, you know, this is a good opportunity for me to hear from you. Now, you don't have to email it to me. You can just write it down for your own records so you kind of know So you can kind of get yourself thinking. So when you do this, it's going to actually force you to think of these things. But not only that, you'll actually use those things because now you're thinking of them more. So they'll be in the forefront of your mind. But the other thing I want you to do is if you decide to do this, also just write at the bottom of the email, I am willing to be video recorded. I'll share my my, um, testimony on video. I know, right? (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Here's why I want this, okay? Here's why I want this. Because sometimes when I'm preaching, I might be looking for, like, say, an illustration. And what better illustration for certain things is maybe a point in your testimony. And I would always ask. I would never just throw you up on video. I would always email you or talk to you and say, hey, can I use that video clip of you talking about this or that? And, you know, I know there's going to be probably a very small percentage of people that are willing to do this. And that's fine. And that's fine. But I think it's helpful for us. 
I think it's helpful for us to get to know each other. Because you know what? I know a lot of people in this church, but clearly I don't know everyone. And when people come up to me and are struggling with certain things and are dealing with certain things, they'll come up to me and ask maybe for advice or some counsel, and I can give you some biblical advice and counsel. But I haven't walked through many things. Thankfully, okay, I don't want to walk through all the problems and all the struggles. But some of you have walked through those things. And it's always such a great resource for me to say, hey, you know what? You're struggling with this. And there's this person I really want to introduce you to that's really going to help you. And you know what? That's happened so many times, and people make connections and friends with those people. And it's so inspiring. So now let's see how the crowd responds. Because, you know, you hear in a testimony like this, like, you know, sure, thousands of people are going to get saved, right? I don't know. Okay, let's see. It says, up to this word, they listened to him. Then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. Remember what Paul was walking into when he went to Jerusalem. Remember last week, hands bound, going to be beat up, going to be jailed. Sometimes things don't go the way we think we should. They should. Sometimes people don't respond positively. They respond negatively, even to your personal testimony. Sometimes you bury your heart to someone else, and they mock you for it. And that's why I would say be wise about what you share with people. Be wise. Build that relationship. This is not like, okay, Pastor Mike told me to write my testimony out. I'm writing out on Monday. I'm telling everybody at work. They're going to be like, dude, you're a weirdo, okay? <laughs> so you want to build the relationship, right? You want to talk with people. You want to identify with them. You want to help them. The reason is because you love and are concerned for their eternal security, for where they're going. It's not about getting more people to come to church. It's not about that at all. It's about people's eternal soul. So the Roman official brought him in to find out why they wanted Paul dead so badly. So they started to question him. And they didn't question him in a normal way. Like you're thinking, hey, Paul, why don't they like you, okay? No, the way they question is kind of like mob style, okay? They basically tie him up to flog him, okay? And they say, talk, tell us what's going on. So here's what happens. It says, when they stretched him out for whips, for the whips, Paul said to the centurion who was standing by, is it lawful for you to flog a man who's a Roman citizen and uncondemned? Remember the citizen piece? Really worked out well for Paul here, okay? So it goes on. So those who were about to examine him withdrew from him immediately, and the tribune, that was the Roman official, also was afraid, for he realized that Paul was a Roman citizen and that he had bound him. This Roman citizen piece really worked out well for Paul. He didn't get beat up. He didn't get flogged at this point. Paul had protection and rights because he was a Roman citizen. And that's a good thing, so he used that. We have a lot of protection. We have a lot of rights, right? So we use those things while we still can in order to bring other people to Jesus. But as believers, sometimes it may seem awkward or scary to share your testimony. Some of you are like, there is no way I would write this down. There is no way I'd tell Pastor Mike. There is no way I'd tell anybody else. There is no way, okay? Sometimes awkward and scary, but take comfort. No matter how people respond to you, 
or even what they do or try to do to you, you have a citizenship. You know where that citizenship is? It's in heaven, your eternal home. Let's look. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for this day. I pray, Lord, that you would just inspire each one of us to really think clearly about how we came to know you, the events and things that happened in our lives that pointed us to you. Lord, we know that your hand is on each one of us. We know that you're working with each one of us, and we're thankful that we're here and we're privileged to be called your children when we trust in you. So I pray, Lord, that each one of us would really think about our testimonies and encourage and inspire other people with those testimonies. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.